We are starting a series today that we're calling 2020 Hindsight. So kind of a fun idea because in January of 2020, we did a vision series called 2020 Vision. I was very excited about it. I was waiting for years. I'm like, we do vision series all the time and 2020 Vision, that's just perfect. So I was very excited about it. And then, of course, uh, 2020 did not go according to plan. Threw everything upside down and everything was kind of bizarre. And, you know, obviously we're still affected by the pandemic and all these different things that have happened as society has shifted through all the different things that have happened over the last two years. So today we're going to start a series called 2020 Hindsight. We're going to look back at our vision statement and some of the hopes and dreams that we had coming out of the 2020 vision series and try to grab hold of the good things that maybe have been on hold. And I want that to be for all of us personally as well. Maybe for the last two years, you've just sort of put some things on hold or you've let go of some things that you should have held on to. Every year, Twice a year, we'll do a series or an individual sermon on our vision statement. And the reason we do that is because we want to make sure that we stay on track. One of the things that can happen with churches, as with any other organization, is you can just kind of miss the forest for the trees. You know, you get busy doing all these little things, and all of a sudden you're off track. You're going a different direction than what you intended to go to. And so I want to make sure that we are always focused on our vision, on reach up, rise up, and reach out. And also, when we go through these vision series, we talk about hopes and dreams, some more practical plans for the future. And two years ago, during our 2020 vision series, we had some new plans, new things that we were dealing with because back then we had lots of problems with space and parking. We were so full, our parking lots were full. We were jamming up the Super One parking lot so the trucks couldn't deliver. (laughs) There's too many cars. We had to start a parking team, all kinds of stuff. And so we had different initiatives that we began in January 2020 in order to try to grab hold of the fullness of what God had for us. We said there were two main things we needed to do. We needed to increase our actual physical capacity, and we needed to increase our love capacity for Good Hope Church as a whole. Because I believe that a church is full when it can't love any more people. If you've got 20 people in your church and you can't love more than that, well, then you're going to keep having 20 people. If you can love 100 people, may 100 people start showing up for church. So I feel like the number of people that you can love is one of the caps that you can have in church. And so we needed to increase the love capacity and just the physical capacity. Some of the things that we were doing for that, having the kids out the whole time, we used to have kids in during the song service and then they'd go out to kids' church. Now they're out the whole time. We started our Kingdom Investments program. That's been a tremendous, tremendous blessing. We had a push for people becoming partners. One of the things that happens when churches grow is you have a lot of attenders, but you don't have a lot of like members and partners. For us, member is a lot like attender. You do have some voting rights and things like that. But then partner, that's the ones who are like, we're in this, you know, we believe in the mission, we're tithing, we're serving, we're partners, partnering with you in this ministry. So we wanted to push for more partners 
We had a lot of attenders, but not much more for partners. We talked about a next steps program, which involved finding your peace, finding your people, and finding your purpose. We just uh, did a sermon series on that at the end of 2021, Seeking You Will Find. So that came out of that vision series two years ago. We had some other things as far as like the heart of the church. There was lunch with Pastor Mike. You know, I said, hey, anybody want to have lunch with me? Let me know. I'll come to your workplace, whatever. We'll have lunch. The Alpha program we started for people interconnecting in small groups. We had over 100 people in our Alpha program, and that was shut down after only a short time with the COVID lockdown. And then Alpha was gone. We talked about a possible building addition. And, you know, a lot of that stuff just went out the window when COVID hit. But we also added some things. You know, we added the digital service. You know, we leaned into that. We used to just sort of record the sermon and put it on YouTube and get five or eight views, you know. And now it's a lot more professional, done well. We have more participation. We also have our daily devotions, which I encourage you to participate in. We've also now added our podcast, Chasing Squirrels with Pastor Mike, kind of a fun little podcast. Encourage you to check that out as well. You can find all that information on our website, goodhope.ag. But we had all these hopes and dreams and plans and oh, and then 2020 happened and it was very different than we anticipated. And so as we are into 2022, I want to look back and grab a hold of some of the things we might have lost. And again, we want to do that as a church, as good hope, but we also want to do that individually, to take stock of our lives and and look and see. Maybe there's things we've gained and we've learned through these last two years, but maybe there's things that we've lost and we need to grab hold of again over the last two years. So that's what we're doing. It's going to be a three-week series. The first week, we're going to talk about our vision statement, reach up, rise up, reach out, try to connect with that, make sure that we're on track with that. Next week, we're gonna talk about walking by faith, how to grab hold of that next step, how to grow, how to apprehend the good things of God in our life, some of the roadblocks that happened and how to overcome by faith. So that's next week. But this week, reach up, rise up, reach out. So let's get into that. I don't wanna forget our purpose as a church. This is our starting point. This is our compass. Reach up, rise up, reach out. So reach up, a real relationship with the living God is available to you. So we're about connecting with God. There is a starting point with that where you start a relationship with God. Often in our circles, we'll call that getting saved. It's when you ask God for forgiveness of sins, for new life, and you pledge your life to serve the Lord, to walk with God, to learn his ways. And that is getting saved. It's the salvation prayer. You are forgiven. The old is gone. The new has come. And then that brings us to the next part, which is rise up. A real relationship with the living God will change you. Uh, If you've had a friend or a mentor or a colleague that you respected greatly and you had time that you were able to spend with them, then they rubbed off on you and made you a better person and showed you new things and opened your eyes to new things. How much more, if you have a real relationship with the living God, will the power of God 
come into you and make you a better person and bring you out of garbage that's been holding you back and into who God called you to be. So created you to be. That's, that's the plan. You know, we want to rise up, no longer being mired in the junk, but grabbing hold of the fullness of God's plan for our lives and then reach out. A real relationship with the living God is a call to action. We're not just here to know God is and then just sit and do nothing and be happy that we know something or we have a theological idea. It's a call to action. We're called to serve the Lord. We're called to make a difference in this life. We're called to true purpose. So reach up, rise up, reach out. That's what we're about as a church. Let's talk about these individually. Reach up. I want to have, and I want you to have, a dynamic relationship with God in this life, a dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ, a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit of God, a dynamic relationship with God. This is available to us, and we want to grab hold of it. Now, during COVID, we added daily devotions, and we've been going through some of the epistles recently. And so I want to look at Colossians. We're going to spend a lot of time in Colossians, a little bit in Philippians. We'll hit Matthew and Ephesians by the time we're done here. But as far as starting this relationship with God, Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23 kind of gives a, a good picture of it. There's so many different pictures of the gospel in the scriptures, but here's one of them. It says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So, We can connect with God. This is talking about once being alienated from God, being enemies of God, but now being brought into, reconciled to God through the gospel. What's the gospel? Well, the gospel is, it's very, very simple that Jesus Christ died on the cross to redeem you. Redeem means pay the price for. If you owe something, then somebody might forgive that debt or they might pay that debt for you. If they pay the debt, that's like redeeming rather than just forgiving. You know, this was the plan of God from the beginning, the redemption of sinners. Those who had wandered away from God or didn't know God, were away from God, were acting contrary to the ways of God to be able to be brought into the family of God. But the wages of sin is death. There's a lot to that. We talk about that at other times, but just suffice it to say that when we are disqualified, through our own behaviors and attitudes and actions and the heart that we carry, then we can't be part of the things of God because we'll just ruin it because we'll be bad influences. So those bad influences need to be taken out. But then that's real bad for us because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So who gets, who gets to get in, you know? Well, that's why Jesus paid the price. He satisfied the wrath of God. He satisfied the justice of God. Those come together through the cross of Christ and we are redeemed. It's not just that, ah, yeah, whatever, you're fine. You're forgiven. The price was paid for you. Jesus paid the price. If you accept that forgiveness or not, he paid the price for you. And so you should accept that forgiveness. 
And then through Christ, he shows his love for us. He shows that we have a way to be reconciled to almighty God, the creator of the universe. And then we can walk with God in this life. That's the gospel message. And that is there for the receiving, for anyone, there for the taking. All you have to do, because Jesus has already died on the cross for you, all you have to do is believe it and receive it. Believe that what he did on the cross was enough for you, and then you receive that. You ask for forgiveness. You ask for new life, and it's ready there to happen, and God will give that to you. And then you believe that you're walking in that. So if you are alienated from God, you've never known God, or you've walked away from God, today is the day to get right with God. It's just, man, grab hold of the gospel, reach up to God. Now, I've been a Christian for over 30 years. One of the uh, unfortunate things about walking with God is it sort of, you have your high times and your low times, your times where, yeah, you know, you, me and Jesus, you know, like we're, we're just in it together. And then there are times where you can kind of fade, you know, not, I'm not talking about, you know, walking away from God and rejecting your faith, but it just is not quite there. And in Colossians chapter two, there's a description. We'll start with a little bit more gospel and then we'll go into a description of some people who are creating problems for new believers because they're busy with religious things, but they've kind of lost connection with Jesus. So let's read this and let it encourage us to maintain that connection with God. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. So there are these people who are following God, but apparently Paul, you know, Paul says, don't let anyone judge you, you know, by what you eat or drink, religious festivals, celebrations, Sabbaths. Don't let people judge you. Apparently there were people who were judging people for that and it was creating a, a problem. And we also see here that they were uh, delighting in false humility. That's kind of a legalism, you know, following certain rules and self-abasement, pushing themselves down. And the worship of angels, don't let them disqualify you. So what were the two main things that these people were doing wrong? First, they were grabbing a hold of a legalism and a rule following, trying to justify yourself by following certain rules. You know, it's not about following rules. It's about catching the heart of God. That's the key. And so these people were messing up the new believers by giving them rules that didn't exactly make sense. And then they were also worshiping angels and talking about these experiences that they had had. So they were following rules, but kind of missing the heart of God. And they were having apparently some sort of spiritual experiences 
but not necessarily godly spiritual experiences. And they're going off on all of that. And so these two things are really causing problems. You know, religious legalism and self-abasement, false humility, and then spiritualism that's kind of missing God. Why did that happen? How did that occur? Verse 19 says they have lost connection with the head and Christ is the head. They've lost connection with Christ. And that's what we want to make sure to avoid. We don't want to lose connection with the head. And if you, over these last few years or whatever circumstances are in your life, if you've lost connection with Christ, you used to be, you know, walking uh, in the garden with Jesus day by day and your prayer life was strong and your devotional time was beautiful and you were conscious of God all day long and it was just wonderful and now that's kind of faded off. If you've lost connection with Christ, now is the time to reconnect. So when we reach up, It's not just about starting a relationship with God. It's about maintaining a relationship with God. We continue to reach up. We continue to worship. We continue to pray. We continue to seek the Lord. We continue to abide in the vine and stay connected with God. So if you've not made that connection in the first place, or maybe you've lost some connection, now is the time to reconnect or to make that connection with the Lord through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He loves you. He's there for you. Reach up and he'll be there. All right, reach up. How about rise up? So when we come to Christ, we are called up. We're called out of all the garbage that's been holding you back and into God's fullness for your life. Let's continue in Colossians. We'll be in chapter three now. We'll read one through 14. So Colossians three. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So we see here a beautiful picture of the things we're called out of and the things that we're called into. And this is, of course, a life's work. We call it sanctification in fancy religious circles. You know, it's the process of 
coming into alignment with God's plan in your life, sanctification. Now there is phase one, which is just under Christ, we are perfectly forgiven. You might not be perfect, but you're perfectly forgiven. Well, now there's that growth process. At the reach up part, that's where you're perfectly forgiven but you might not be perfect yet. In fact, I have very high expectation that you're not perfect. I haven't met the perfect person yet, myself included. But we want to learn and grow and become, and this is that battle of rising up. We want to rise up out of those things that pull us down, and we want to rise up into all the good things of God. So let me ask you this question. Whose job is it? Okay, you're supposed to rise up. Rise up, you know, real relationship with the living God will change you. You're going to rise up out of the garbage into who you're supposed to be. Whose job is that? Who does that work? Is it all up to you or is it all up to God? Well, it's a little from column A and a little from column B. If we think it's all up to us, then we don't engage the power of God and we're in a world of hurt. If we think it's all up to God, then we'll just go off on our merry way and never engage, never dedicate, never try. And that's not going to work either. God's not going to override your life and just turn you into something. You have to cooperate with God in order for that to work. And so I want to go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Uh, Again, in these epistles of Paul, page or two back. And this is a really fun two verses because how Paul presents the gospel. He often puts one boundary up over here, one truth over here, and then another truth over here, and we live in the middle, in between. You know, and if we read it like, oh, here's the truth, and we need to go over here, then you can get kind of funny, or here's the truth, and we need to go over here. It can get kind of funny and misunderstand the things of God. Here's a great example of it from Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. In this rise-up process, whose job is it? Let's look at it. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So whose job is it? That sounds very much like it's all up to you. Hey, you obeyed, obey when I'm there, obey when I'm not there, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It it makes it sound like, man, it's all up to me. I got to do this. But there's a comma. It's not the end of the sentence. Let's go to verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Because God is working in you. So is it all up to you? No. Is it all up to God so we can just ignore everything? No, we need to do our part and let God do his part. So when it comes to rising up, Dedicate yourself to following the teachings of Christ, but let the Holy Spirit change you from the inside out at the same time. So as you're going through these things, Lord, I'm trying to overcome my covetous thoughts, my lustful thoughts, whatever it is that you're dealing with by your own self-control and willpower. You're trying to overcome these things, but you realize that's not enough. You need power from God. You seek the Lord in the midst of it for help to overcome. And then as time goes on, you learn and grow and you overcome. So don't try to do it all on your own and don't abdicate your responsibility and blame God when you're not walking the way you should be walking. But you do your part and seek God to do his part. Seek the Lord 
and seek his power to grow and to change. So very, very important. You've got to have both your personal striving to do better and the power of God moving in your life. And the rise up part is super important. This is where your life gets better. Too many Christians want to just stay stuck at the beginning. They don't want to align their lives with God. They just want to be forgiven and be in their mess. That's not the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is you break out of the mess and you get to grab hold of the life that you truly were made for, but you've got to get better and get stronger and overcome in order for that to happen. So this, the rise up part is where your life starts to change for the better because that's where you start to change for the better. You start to grab hold of God's power in your life. So you wanna reject a static mindset that you're just stuck in this place and that you're not gonna get any better. This is just who you are. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You can improve. You can be becoming by the power of God. It's a core scriptural teaching that God will work in you to bring you up into a better place. So don't just look at yourself where you're at. I don't care if you're 90 years old. Don't just look at yourself. Well, I'm stuck here. You can be growing and getting better till the day Jesus brings you home. So there you go. Rise up. Last one, reach out. Then it's time to get in the game. We receive freely from God. So much I want from you to just receive the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the empowerment of God, the spirit of God so that you can step up into the things of God. And then you better get in the game or you're gonna get bored. Too many Christians think that just walking with God or even people who don't know God, this is an assumption they have about the things of God, is that it's boring and irrelevant. Talk about losing connection with the head. You're just missing the point if you think it's boring and irrelevant. You know, seeing people get free from the, the darkness of this world, the bad things that have happened to them, the, the hurts and the darkness that's within them, and to grab hold of connection with God and to learn how to love and trust other people and be wise at the same time, it's not boring. <laughs> it's, it's not irrelevant. It's amazing. But we need to reach out. You know, a real relationship with the living God is a call to action. If we want to have that relationship with God, but not have the call to action, then we're missing the point. It's not really going to work out that well. It's going to be kind of sidetracked. Some people seem to understand this automatically, that when they come to Christ and they realize there's a God in heaven that loves each one of us, and he has forgiveness of sins, that heaven and hell are real, and that we can receive the gift of God, which is salvation, be freed from condemnation, the second death, and the the fires of hell, and instead grab hold of the good things of God and everlasting life. And we can also walk through this life with a connection with the creator of the universe, or we could miss all of that. It just automatically, it's like, oh, let's get to work. Other people, they just don't seem to get that. They're just like, well, yeah, I want to go to heaven. What do I got to do to go to heaven? But I certainly don't want to help anybody else. I certainly don't want to have anything to do with, you know, the cause of Christ. I just want to go to heaven myself and not be bothered with the rest of it. That's an odd thing that I don't really understand. But uh, let's talk about that for a little bit. Some people just understand this automatically. Other people don't. Pastor Gabby, who is one of our youth pastors. We got Tom and Gabby Matuzak, our youth pastors, who uh, are part of our podcast, Chasing Squirrels with Pastor Mike. And Pastor Gabby, in our podcast, she is our third pick in the parable draft. 
she picks the parable of the talents as her favorite parable, her first round pick, parable of the talents. And in the parable of the talents, it's very, very clear that we are expected to make an actual difference. This is something that God has for us to get in the game, to make a difference. I'm just gonna read the beginning of that parable and you can check out our podcast for a deeper uh, discussion of it. But Matthew 25, I'll read 14 through 18. This is the setup of the parable. Jesus says, again, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So of course, Jesus is going on a journey. He calls his disciples and gives the good things of God to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. So this is the 2011 NIV uses bags of gold instead of talents. Talent was a measure of weight, about 70 pounds. Each talent was about 70 pounds of gold, which is a lot. And so five bags of gold, five 70 pound bags of gold. To one, he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now I don't have to tell you that the one who took the five talents, the five bags of gold and turned it into 10 was commended by his master. The one who had the two, turned it into four, was commended by his master. The one who dug a hole in the ground, put the bag of gold in the ground and then dug it up and returned the full bag of gold to his master was not commended. It was not good. There's the weeping and gnashing of teeth thing. You can go to Matthew 25, read the whole story there. But the reality is, is that God expects us to put to work what he gives us for his kingdom. Why is that? because he loves everyone. And there are lots of hurting people out there, lots of people. There are lonely people everywhere in this world. We're more lonely than ever. We need that. So that's a great way to serve the Lord is to go out and make a difference in somebody's life by just building a friendship with them. There's so many different ways we can make a difference for the kingdom of God. I mentioned earlier that just I was sort of shocked by the complacency of Christians when I became a Christian. It just made sense to me. We want to help other people know Christ and overcome and get free and receive, you know, the hope of everlasting life. And then we want to help as many people know God as possible. It just was very obvious to me that we needed to do that. But I noticed a lot of complacency. And, you know, sometimes people are complacent because they tried really hard and it just didn't work. You know, like they just hit some roadblocks. I've been around long enough now to where I've seen people try really hard to serve the Lord, step out in faith and do amazing things for God. And then it all just sorts of fell apart and and they can become disillusioned and they can be hurt by that. Don't be hurt if you tried and things didn't work, you know, trust God through it, but learn and, and try to get better. Sometimes things are outside of our control but sometimes things don't work because we haven't developed the skills yet. Go ahead and continue to rise up and continue to be working for the kingdom of God. Another thing that can cause people to be complacent or to fail to reach out and put their faith into practice is they despise small beginnings. They want things to be bigger than they should be at the beginning. I started my serving the Lord career with uh, church cleaning. That was my first thing, my first gig was cleaning the church. 
My second one was teaching elementary boys Sunday school. That was my second gig <laughs> in the church. And then I just kind of grew from there. And the reality is you start with something simple. Start with something easy. Start with being a friend to somebody. You know, it doesn't have to be church related. It needs to be kingdom of God related. And that can be being a friend to somebody who needs a friend. There's so many different ways, but don't despise small beginnings. Go ahead and get started. So as we close, I want us to take stock of our lives. Let's, uh, let's look at where we are with God. You know, let's go ahead and reach up. How's your connection with God? Is it kind of absent? Is it not what it once was? Are you just going through the motions? Or do you have a vibrant relationship with God? I hope you do. But let's pray for that connection with God. And then rise up. Are you stuck where you're at? Are, do you feel like you've been hitting a roadblock? You've been hitting a ceiling and you can't get through. Now's the time to believe God for more. We'll talk about how to break through that next week when we talk about walking by faith, faith to overcome, to move the mountains, faith to get to the other side, you know. So we'll talk about that next week, but let's believe God for more. We wanna rise up and then reach out. It's time to step out in service in a tangible way. Have faith you know, like Peter stepped out of the boat. Sometimes it, you know, like Peter, he sank. He, he walked on water, but then he sank too. And so sometimes it goes great. Sometimes there's challenges, but we need to continue in faith. I want to close with Ephesians chapter three. This is a beautiful section of scripture. And there is a prayer for the Ephesians here. And I want to pray this prayer as our closing prayer. I feel like it, it just fits with, uh, reaching up, connecting with God. It even fits with rising up, you know, into who God created us to be and reaching out, making a difference in this world. So let me read this, Ephesians three fourteen through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. What an amazing prayer there. So let's grab after this. Let's seek after that inner spiritual strength from God, having Christ in our hearts. Talk about a connection with God. To know the love of Christ in its fullness and to be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. And he is able. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And this isn't talking about fundraising for the building campaign. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine is about grabbing hold of inner strength from God. It's about having Christ dwelling in our hearts and knowing the love of God and the fullness of God. And so I believe he's got some of that for you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Help us to connect with you. Help us to walk in the strength that comes through that, rising up into who you've called us to be. Help us to know your love 
and to grab hold of the fullness of everything that you have for us. Lord, open our hearts and open our minds to your goodness and help us to share that with others, to share your goodness, to share your love, to share the hope that we have and to lift other people up. And Lord, I pray your encouragement and your strength upon us. Help us to grab hold of all those good things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.